from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. No, stop with the... Where was the question? <laughs> you going to kill me over some pizza? Yes. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on Thursday. Cofield and Company, Silver 7s is our Thursday spot. Come on down. Happy hour has begun. 277 on lots of the drinks. Get your A-play card and you get all those bonuses and free giveaways when you play the machines and the tables. Adam Hill is here. Angel's helping out as well. Finley Toyota Studios. Ari is running the show. Let's get to it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. First of all, Adam, what's going on? Busy day, right? Raiders day number two. Started off really early, so we'll get to that. How you doing? I'm good. I, mean, I think we go with like the college football terminology. Yesterday was day zero. It was report day, basically? Yeah, everybody reported nothing on the field, no practice. Today, the first practice. So I guess we'll go day one for today. Okay. Uh, yesterday was day one at the Mountain West Conference Media Days. So I was out there, and we talked to a bunch of the coaches. And we're going to have convos with uh, San Diego State coach Brady Hoke later this hour. And, uh, listen, they didn't want to talk about it too much because it's kind of a nightmare for the Mountain West Conference to be sitting there talking about how everyone wants to leave the conference. But San Diego State right now is sort of in the cross, uh, crosshairs of all the teams around the country to potentially be grabbed to make that move up like Cincy and BYU and Central Florida and Houston got to with the Big 12. I saw a tweet this morning from John Wilner, who's, you know, big West Coast source on this stuff. And he said, uh, you know, one of the reasons for the Pac-12 to take San Diego State is to keep the Big 12 from doing so with the Big 10 planted in L.A. And if the uh, Big 12 were in San Diego, the conference may as well give up. Bit dramatic. Bit dramatic. Like, I understand. I, you know, I've heard all the stuff about, hey, San Diego State will help them get back Southern California. Like, it kind of does, but no one in L.A. cares about San Diego State. So you get, you do get a, a, you know, a top 15 market. It is in Southern California, so it is a benefit. But this, this constant conferences should give up is sort of childish. It is to a degree. I mean, I, I agree somewhat. However, there, there is an argument to be made that only one of those two can survive, Big 12, Pac-12. They've kind of planted their flag. There was talks of maybe joining together somehow because I think both sides know one of them's out. and or, or is completely different. Yeah, and, and I think what the point here is, is right now with, this, with Southern California schools gone from the Pac-12 for now, for now, uh, we'll, see, we'll see if the state does anything about it. But with those schools gone from the Pac-12 for now, if the Big 12 was to come in and take San Diego State, then aren't Cal and Stanford in the Big 12 now too? No. I don't know about that. But I think that's the point that's being yeah. made. I think that's that, that's a whole different discussion about – and we had that with uh, Rod Gilmore who went to both Cal and Stanford a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he didn't go a couple of weeks ago. We talked to him a couple of weeks ago. But he, he kind of gave us the balance between those are real schools as opposed to several schools that are basically JUCOs in the Big 12 and the Southwest Conference schools, former Southwest Conference schools that still kind of operate like that with the scumbaggery at Baylor. Like, it's not really an attractive situation for Cal and Stanford, but for Cal, they need the money. Okay. So, like, a, there's a balance there. Like, do we have, 
do we just go broke and not have sports because we want to have all these non-revenue sports. We want to stay relevant. We want to be power five. So they may be, you're right, they may be pushed into a corner where they're like, all right, we got no choice. So, yeah, now, hey, everybody, Stanford alums, here's a glorious trip to Ames, Iowa, and Manhattan, Kansas. Well, and so let's let's not say it's Stanford and Cal. Let's say they're in a, they're in a different uh, – they have a different experience with this. Well, wouldn't Oregon – aren't they then out? Um, I think they would try to bolt. I think they're holding out Oregon and Washington for – the Big Ten for the Big Ten, right? Yeah. And there'd be almost no because they want to. They want a flag in Southern California. They want to play in Southern California. They can still schedule the games, but that would be an intriguing tie. To like maybe not that it would stop them from leaving, but there are all these all these places are going to fall. Like all the dominoes are going to fall at some point. And I think when you when you look at it and say, well, San Diego State wants to go to the Big Twelve. Southern California is now completely out of the Pac twelve. Now that is a potential for going in the direction of. The Pac-12 is, is either gone or there's some sort of D2 conference with Stanford and Cal organizing something around them and being an academic conference that also has competitive sports but maybe not elite sports. Like those, th- those things are possible. But it's also why all these, all these teams and all these programs are scrambling to get in one of the major conferences somewhere because some, some conferences are going to fall. And you don't want to be part of those. You want to be proactive. Raiders camp today. Uh, well, we found out yesterday first. Got some guys on the pup list. Some more guys added today. Good news today. Denzel Good and Kenyon Drake cleared to start camp. But three projected starters on the pup. You got a couple of defensive linemen and Trayvon Mullen. Here's uh, Josh McDaniels who spoke early this morning with his media availability just talking about the dudes on the pup list. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, again, we try to avoid the time frame and predicting all that because there's such a difference between one player's body and another. But um, I know all those guys are working really hard, extremely hard, doing everything they can to get back out there on the field as soon as possible. And if you start training camp with 90 guys out there on the field, you're lucky. All right. So he feels like they're in pretty decent shape. Um, Over-dramatizing the issues on the defensive line with two projective starters yeah for now i mean hankins we sort of expected him to have a a battle to come back yeah and i think it's for now if if it's two even three weeks from now you start to think okay where are they where where are they in the recovery and then the date obviously to watch is august 23rd which if you are still on the pup list at that point then you have to miss at least the first you know four games of the season uh so that's something to watch uh if those guys are able to come back by that point but for now, I think, you know, to McDaniel's point, you come in, you expect some guys are not going to be healthy. The guys had off-season surgery. Guys are working their way back from things even last year. Um, I, I don't think there's any kind of a, a worrying, you know, situation right now uh, for those guys, and they think they'll, they'll get back and get closer. I mean, the, the far more optimistic one is Denzel Good, who we saw trying to walk around the field, you know, six weeks ago at OTAs, and it looked like a disaster. And he's out there practicing in full today. So, you know, that's a really good sign. Um, and that, as you mentioned, there was three yesterday, one today, because we didn't see Dylan Stoner out there on the practice field, and he does uh, get out of the pup list as well. He's just a wide before, receiver. Yeah, just before the start of camp. Um, and then the really interesting situation right now with Vernon Butler, which we don't know too much, just kind of got sprung with this in the drive over here. Uh, Vernon Butler on the NFI, the non-football injury list, that's a little bit more of a, at least a yellow flag to say, oh, okay, what's going on there? So we're just starting to develop a relationship with McDaniels in terms of access. 
I thought he was in pretty chipper mood this morning. You know, pretty fired up, loquacious, yeah. had a lot to say. I thought one of the things that got him going was uh, talk about the preseason and also the Hall of Fame game just a couple of weeks away. And uh, early on he discussed uh, just kind of the formula of who plays in the preseason. We know these are exhibition practice games. You're not going to risk anything. So McDaniels talked about the plan for who plays and who doesn't. And each game's important. It's a great opportunity for us to make progress as a team, to evaluate our players against different competition and different schemes, different players. Um, so we're looking forward to having an opportunity to do that. And, you know, for me, I know we say it's an extra game. It's, you know, there's only a couple of years here that we've been doing the three, you know. So for me, it's almost normal uh, that we have four. Uh, and so just looking back at some of our notes in the past about how we've used the four preseason games <clears throat> will probably dictate a little bit more of what we do this year. He also appreciates the fact that uh, this is a massive weekend coming up in a couple of weeks. Not only are they playing in the game, but, you know, multiple Raiders are being honored with the Hall of Fame induction. Really feel like this is a great opportunity for our organization, um, certainly to highlight two of the, the, the Raider greats. Um, that did a lot for our team, a lot for our organization. And and I know there's a lot of people that are really excited to see Richard and Cliff, you know, uh, be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Cliff Branch, legendary Raider, Richard Seymour, Raider later in his career, also a New England Patriot. And then the other thing, I actually uh, didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about McDaniels and, you know, background and stuff. And he's actually an area guy going back to Canton. So he talked about, his excitement level, not only to, you know, to go back home, but also he believes the Hall of Fame is something really cool that everyone needs to see. You know, great to go back home. I've never been able to participate in the Hall of Fame game. You know, this is 22 years for me, and there was a time where I was supposed to play in it in 2011, and that was the lockout year. So I'm looking forward to having an opportunity to go back home and, you know, take the team to the Hall of Fame. Interestingly enough, a lot of our players and coaches have never been there. It's a pretty cool fraternity, you know, when you get an opportunity to go through there. It's humbling uh, to see, you know, all the history and the tradition, and you're part of it. The most important part of that trip will be what we can do on the field and how we can improve as a football team. I think that's getting back to Josh McDaniels, the first-year coach, who gives you all the answers about, hey, it's going to be very cool. The scene will be cool. It'll be great for everybody to see it. We've got Raiders and Patriots going in, and uh, we've got all this, all these people to honor, and it's a fun weekend and all the festivities and all of that. And his real focus is it's also one more chance to prepare for a season and the first season as head coach uh, of the Raiders. Obviously, second, you know, he's been coach in the past. It's a second stint, but... Uh, a, a huge opportunity for him to get this team ready, and that's really what he's focused on. A lot more from Josh McDaniels, uh, his opening press conference for training camp earlier this morning at 7.45 in the morning. I think someone was doing a feature on the weather, so we'll get into that. Also, which quarterbacks may play in the preseason. But up next, after this break, we'll get into uh, that Mountain West discussion. San Diego State, a hot property, and UNLV has San Diego State on the schedule. They go down there. UNLV football will play at the new uh, stadium San Diego State has built on the old Qualcomm site. That's on November 5th. So on the way, the head coach of the Aztecs, Brady Hoke. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. There's four or five different times where you feel like you're starting. It's always a great feeling to get in there with the with the you know the team, the entire team, and you can see how excited they are, you know, and eager to get to work, eager to start becoming whatever it is we're going to be able to become this year. Now back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. 
Raiders coach Josh McDaniels on all the different starts in the offseason. This is the start of training camp. Hall of Fame game goes down in two weeks. And football news in. Browns are prepping for quarterback disaster if Deshaun Watson is suspended for a year. Then all of a sudden they're thin at quarterback beyond Brissett. So they tried out and worked out A.J. McCarron today and Josh Rosen. Rosen is signed. So I don't know if that makes Browns fans feel any better. So football's here. Signings are happening. Pup list stuff. We'll get you updated throughout the show. College football is here as well. Last two days, Mountain West Conference football media days. And remember, week zero is August 27th. UNLV reports on July 29th. That's next week. July 30th, first practice. So it's here. One of their chief rivals got to even the rivalry and start winning some of these matchups. It was close a year ago. This year, UNLV will be down at San Diego State. Brady Hoke is the coach at San Diego State. And, man, they're bullish on what's going on with their football program. They always win. Now they finally have a nice new stadium. And that's where we started the conversation with Brady Hoke just talking about how massive this new stadium is, not in terms of the size, but just for the program and for the future. It really is. I think uh, it represents uh, uh, the city of San Diego. I think uh, the community of San Diego, uh, the different um, amenities that they have put into that stadium. And uh, uh, I think it's uh, going to be a great home for us because we, we never really have had a home for a yeah. long time, yeah. if you think about it. So uh, it'll be great playing in San Diego. And uh, we've played the last 23 home games up in Carson. So uh, we'll, we'll be done doing that. So what was that like? You know, I, I think give a lot of people credit. I give uh, our trainers, our docs, our equipment people, uh, our administration, our players, the coaches, because it, it you know, there's a lot to it. Yep. And so uh, the opportunity to uh, have a place to play was important. But um, I think it got a little stale at the end. Yeah. You know, I mean, we played Boise at 9 a.m. in the morning. We didn't get home till 6 o'clock. Right. And people look at it. They're like, oh, Carson's not that far. It's not. But, but you're moving. Yes. It's like a mini city every time these football programs are on the move. It's going to be great. The new stadium and Snapdragon and, you know, just uh, getting it done. I was here in 2009, and they talked about getting the stadium then. Yeah. And, uh, and your game against UNLV last year, you know, yeah. in spite of the fact that UNLV only won two games, they lost a lot of close games, and that was one of those games that hinged on a couple of plays. Yeah, it always does. You know, we talk about all the time, there's six plays in a game that's going to make a difference. And you're either going to be on top of it or you're going to be on the wrong side of it. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought uh, UNLV is, uh, he's growing the program. I don't know if you do coaching clinics. I'm sure you do. You talk to young coaches. If, if they ask you, how are you so good in close games? What do you tell them? I think consistency, preparation. I think those two things. And uh, the other part in close is conditioning in close games yep. i think uh you know how you're going to rush the passer in fourth quarter two minute whatever i think all those things are part of it does it also build on itself with the players too yeah well there's no question because i actually I, I i think the comparisons with the basketball program the men's basketball program to the football program there's a lot there because for the longest i mean the basketball program is still really good in close games under five minutes i mean i think they had a 
they had a, they had some streak going. It was like 163 games. Like they, you yeah. know, if they had the lead with five minutes left, they were going to win. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's just insane. And you guys are the same way in football. I mean, yeah. close games, you win them. Yeah. Well, hopefully. That's yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're getting, we're grabbing this team. Keep doing. <laughs> we're grabbing this team. Um, Brady Hoke is with us, San Diego State. Uh, one last thing on the on the stadium. Is that about the perfect? Do you think that's a good size for college football around 40,000 seats? You know, and and in, and in the San Diego market too. You got to be you got to be realistic in your market. I, I, I think so. I think, you know, in San Diego, there's a lot to do. But I think what they built, and they do have the ability to expand it to 55,000. Right. Whatever that looks like, I, I don't know. Right. But, um, no, I think it's right. I think, I think it's right. And uh, for folks in Vegas who don't know about the new stadium, it's Snapdragon Stadium, and it's actually on the site of Qualcomm. So it's right. still accessible to the trolley. Yep. you got multiple highways there, so it's a great spot. And you know, I'll say it, you probably can't. The Chargers should have just taken the offer by the city to build a stadium there. And um, it, Actually, is, that a, is, it, is it a good thing for you not to be sharing a stadium with an NFL team? I think it's a good thing that okay. it's our home. That, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint and different, um, different things that are going to happen, concerts and uh, all that kind of stuff, I think it's uh, financially uh, a good windfall for... San Diego State. All right, let's talk about one of the you know the big elephants in the room, and that is the quarterback position. So you you know you've been trying to kind of piece yeah. it together, and now you brought in some transfers. So talk about the guys. Yeah, really excited about uh, Braxton Burmeister. He's a San Diego kid out of high school. Went to Oregon. Justin Herbert was at Oregon. Uh, went to Virginia Tech and started 26 straight games. Um, came back. He's going to play in front of his hometown and uh, we're really excited he uh, he came in with a purpose he came in with a lot of grit he came in and um, he earned the respect of his fellow teammates and I think that's important I think the way he attacked uh, the white room and the way he attacked our winter conditioning and what we've done uh, spring ball and on He's uh, really earned the respect of uh, our football team, and uh, um, that says a lot. And for a guy who came, you know, the portal, and so uh, really excited about it. You lose Bellinger. He's yeah. a Las Vegas guy. He's with the Giants. Yeah. How do you think he's going to do? I think he'll do great. Yeah. It's, it's a, I think he's running with the ones is what I was told. Well, yeah, so, I know I know the combine and yeah. his numbers. He tested off the charts. Yeah. He's a gigantic kid, and then you know people found out what an athlete he is. Yeah, he's a great kid. I mean, he was a great leader. We'd love to have him and Cam Thomas back, and uh, you know a couple guys. But uh, uh, it's all it's. I, I'm really happy for. Uh, for Belly. UNLV is uh, taking on San Diego State, of course. They're in the same division. It'll be a game down there on November 5th. I'm going to go down a, a path that might seem insane for any other program because no one here is talking about their punters. Yeah. But my Lord. Yeah. You're going to have to replace a guy yeah. know, in, in Matt Ariza who, again, going to the, the UNLV San Diego State game here, I mean, he, he changes the game. I mean, the, the, yeah. the field position switch over and over and over again in that game and lots yeah. of games yeah. is insane. Yeah, uh, uh, with the Air Force game. I mean, unbelievable what he did there. But, um, yeah, I, I tell you, the guy who's replacing him is a guy who's very capable of being Matt Ariza. Uh, again, a guy with great work ethic, toughness, and that's what Matt was. Matt, you know, Matt specialist, whatever you want to call him. 
He wasn't that. No. He, he was. Uh, well, he he certainly a, wasn't built like one. He, yeah, he worked. He worked he was on the a, body over He here. was a linebacker playing yeah. punter, right? And that's kind of what Jack brings us. But yeah, Matt uh, really changed a lot of games for us, and uh, unfortunately, it caught up to us a little bit too. We'll close out with Brady Hoke here as we're at Mountain West Conference Football Media Days. I've been uh, asking all the coaches some final questions: Good or evil? The portal. I'll say evil, but I'll also say we. We got seven guys through the portal <laughs> right, that are right. that are helping our team. Right, so. right, right. How about conference realignment talk? Because I know I mentioned you talked to the media earlier for like eighty minutes, and I felt like they kept asking you about that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where coaches stand on this. If you're just like, hey, I don't care, I'm not involved, or are you involved? Not involved. Yeah. Uh, do care, of course. Obviously, yeah. Um, we have a great conference in the Mountain West. I believe that. I believe we got great coaches. I believe we got uh, great universities. Uh, it is going to keep, nothing's going to be set in stone until they figure out what TV money's going where. And we all know TV, the money will make the decision. And based on, you know, you have some experience in, in Power 5 conferences, you coached in the, the Big Ten. San Diego State is ready as a university to jump to the Pac-12, if asked? I would, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean... Uh, Not every school is. I know. Right? There's yeah. a lot of schools that don't have the facilities, don't have the fan base, don't have the money, don't have the, the boosters, the backing. Well, and I, and I think we have a, a president who is uh, uh, very understanding and is a Power 5 president. Same thing with the athletic director. I feel the same way about J.D. So, you know, who knows? Uh, last one, good or evil, Las Vegas. Oh, it's always good. <laughs> <laughs> so far, it's been a clean sweep on the, yeah. on the good. I don't know. People come in and they're like, uh, evil, sin, you know. No. I, it's, Too much uh, temptation. I don't get here as often as I'd like, but it's, I tell you, it's, it's always action going on. Do you have a favorite spot you like to hit? you have a yeah. restaurant? You know, uh, I, you know, my wife and I, we'd come up and uh, go to some shows. Yeah. You know, That's a, you know, I actually should be asking everyone that. We, we had a, we had Marvin Menzies here as a head coach for three years who was on the San Diego State staff for a little bit. And I swear that was like, that might be the, the thing he loved the most was going to all the shows. Yeah. Well, in 2009 or 10, we were taking players. Players would come with the coach. And we took three. Yeah. And my wife and I, we'd take the three guys to dinner and then to a show. Saw the Blue Man. Yeah. Blue Man. Funny. They, they were funny. The they were awesome. Great. I know. Yeah. I mean, and then Carrot Top. So, Two good shows. They've, yeah. they've both been here for like 20-plus years. Yeah. Proofs in the pudding, right? Yeah. There you go. Good. So so we're getting all good. Yeah. All good on Las Vegas. Yeah. No yeah. surprise yeah. there. Coach, we appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good seeing you. Brady Hoke off a 12-2 and two season. Can they keep it rolling? They have a new quarterback in uh, Braxton Burmeister. They went 12-2 and two with basically the inability to throw the ball any more than like 12 times a game. Run game and defense. They play old-school old football, and then their 3-3-5-D is just – Ridiculous, and uh, I like Brady Hoke because he likes Carrot Top. He likes Blue Man Group. Yeah, sore subject for me right now, but that's Why? okay. Uh, they've been here. What? Which one? Eh, you got a problem with C Top? I love him. Okay. What, Blue Man Group? No, I, I went and talked to him last week, and he was like, I don't know. Whatever. You went and talked to who? Carrot Top. Why didn't you tell me? I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, over the weekend. I talked oh, to him. You did? Well, uh, yeah, you know, no. we, we got to go break. Maybe we need to talk. Maybe, I don't uh, know. Was I of right mind yeah, when you, no. you told me? Uh, you weren't. Uh, so, neither was, neither was I. I don't have any recollection. I wasn't, I wasn't either. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that happened. Uh, no, he's he's fantastic. He's great. He's a great personality. But it's also, you mentioned that they went 12-2 and two without the ability to throw the ball. It's really similar to their basketball team, who several years went deep in the NCAA tournament and couldn't shoot the ball. It's amazing what they're doing with their athletic programs. 
daily happy hour specials from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., including 277 for pints, shots, and margaritas at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Rolling towards the convo with uh, our buddy Xavier Pope out of Chicago, attorney. It's our cultural contributor here on Cofield and Company, and we'll get into the big NFL news of the day. We got all the McDaniel stuff and some of the players from Raiders training camp today, but uh, the fact that the Cardinals finally uh, got the deal done with Kyler Murray for $160 million guaranteed. I think the total deal is 231 but the guaranteed money is really... What counts the most? Uh, we were just talking little San Diego State football, UNLV. Of course, in the West, UNLV picked fifth out of six in the West. San Diego State picked second behind Fresno State. Are you going to San Diego State, uh, the 11-5 game, the UNLV game down there at uh, their new stadium, Snapdragon? Raiders on the road, so doubtful, but we'll see at that it's point. a bummer. One of your favorite cities. And brand new stadium, no more Qualcomm, on the Qualcomm site, off the trolley. I know you love the trolley. Trolley's fantastic. Gets you anywhere. It's great. It's a whole different world, isn't it? San Diego State, as opposed to some of the other road trips around the Mountain West Conference. Uh, speaking of a whole different world, when we talk about commissioners in sports, there's Adam Silver, and then there's everyone else. Because you get the idea that in the NFL, the owners can do whatever they want. Rogers are scared that he's going to lose his $40 million a year salary. And, you know, I I defend him to a certain extent because they're all lunatics, right? A lot of them are crazy. Not Mark Davis. Um, Bedman is, you know, whatever. We've we've talked about Garrett ad nauseum. Manfred, forget about it. You talk about a guy who's completely out of touch. But then there's Adam Silver who, here's Joe Lacob, the owner of the Warriors, whining the other day about the luxury tax. And he's like, all right, $500,000, fine. That's it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We're all working together. These are the rules. Don't piss and moan. Are you mad that Silver dropped the hammer on Lacob, your guy, since you're a longtime Warriors fan? I mean, it feels discriminatory and uh, retaliatory against my, my discriminatory. guys. Discriminatory. Yeah. Is that right? It's my guys. We're Lacob, try- Lacob, Lacob, Silver on Lacob. Is that, that's discriminatory, huh? We're trying to, we're trying to celebrate a, a rise from the ashes. Well, how about everyone around the Warriors just enjoy yourselves and stop pissing and moaning about stuff? It starts with new media guy, Draymond Green, and then Joe Lacob's like, well, you know, all of our guys are homegrown, so we should be able to sign all of them. Like, you, you can for the most part, but you also, you've also you also augmented with people from the outside like Andrew Wiggins and in the past Kevin Durant. Yeah, the league has to have some sort of soft cap, and you're rich as F. You have a brand-new arena in San Francisco. You're going to whine about money? Seriously. No, in, in the end, Come it's on, not going to matter. He's got the money to pay, and I'll just pay it, and – continue to pay salaries uh i i do i do like the closer management of the cap i mean i think in some cases it's been out of control i don't think it's been the warriors it's been other teams the warriors do everything by the book and correctly yeah of course you're objective uh for sure clown uh just win titles that's all that's all we do uh-huh. uh so yeah i mean I, I i don't mind this and i like going after him. i will say it's a low bar for silver when you say well he's been the best there's a low bar oh, i know and the more i'm around him the less i've been impressed by him but I, competition I is weak. It's of course it is. The commission competition is of course. Weak. Of course it is. It's and great. then there's what Raj has to deal with, and we'll hit this on the way back. 
Dan Snyder, is he ever coming back? Dan <laughs> Snyder is uh, avoiding the heat with the NFL and investigations for a crap workplace for years, a potential sexual assault on his part, NDAs all over the place and payoffs. Congress called him in. He's been subpoenaed. And now there is a Dan Snyder yacht tracker. We'll get into that here on Cofield and Company. We're trying to find Dan Snyder somewhere outside the U.S., somewhere in this world. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor Xavier Pope he is live on Cofield and Company. Xavier, what's up, buddy? What is up? A whole lot. A whole lot. You know, we're just, uh, we're actually, we wanted to bounce around a bunch of different topics today. Uh, I want to get to the contract with Kyler Murray here in less than two minutes, but got to get your take on uh, Dan Snyder still hiding out out of the country somewhere in the Mediterranean in Europe. And now there is a Twitter account that tracks his yacht. You can follow it at Dan Snyder's Yacht. Yeah, I mean, essentially, if you are charged with a crime or associated with any some sort of impropriety, um, maritime laws uh, and turn, that, that amnesty law, that, that's just such a really challenging area in terms of different waters you travel in. So it essentially makes you immune from um, from a lot of different, uh, the reaches of the law in various jurisdictions. So a lot of billionaires and, and ultra-high millionaires um, hide away on their yachts. That's why they buy them and put them, put them giant ones in the middle of the ocean. But technically, like we could do this, right? If we had the money, we could do this. It's not, it's not just that he has privilege; it's that we can all do this if we had the money to do it. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what having privilege um, from money does. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't. Last time I checked, I didn't see any money uh, coming out of trees. <laughs> no. um, but hey, let me know the latest money tree so I can go uh, get the bag, please. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna go pick it up too. And that, I, that I guess that's all I meant was. Like this is this is not something that they're saying. Well, hey, it's Dan Snyder, owner of the Redskins, or excuse me, Commanders. Uh, we're not going to go do that. It's just this is what rich people get to do. They can just sail out on their yacht and hang out. It's not just that he's an NFL owner that this is able to happen. Yeah, but I mean, you saw what happened with the Russian oligarchs um, when it came time to corral them for the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We're able to find those guys and seize their assets. So. Yeah. I really think it just <laughs> what is the priority um, of the United States government in terms of holding Dan Snyder um, accountable for any and all wrongdoings he may be associated with. So um, that that's I mean it, it, it's saying it's difficult and challenging, but it has to be the will of the particular jurisdiction to be able to bring that person in. You, big news of the day in the NFL: Kyler Murray gets that extension. He secures the bag, as the kids would say. Uh, mm-hmm. Surprising. Uh, well, we I, I tweeted about this earlier from my Xavier Pope Twitter account. I said that there was much to do about nothing. You heard about the drama that was going on between him and the Cardinals organization, uh, making him the second highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. Um, and particularly with um, when people talking about he may not be able to make as much money in football, he, even he's still getting criticized uh, for his height, even though he's been effective at the quarterback position. Uh, on this level, um, so I'm, I'm not necessarily shocked that he got a lot of money on uh, being a, a spectacular athlete. That's just, just different than other uh, offensive threats you're going to put on the field. Um, and but it's good for that organization to lock down their number one quarterback. And it, we didn't know what happened, but now it's happened. 
Well, and their number one quarterback just happens to be a young African-American quarterback, and it was not that long ago that there was questions whether they could even play the game and play the position. It is kind of rewarding to see that this is happening uh, not only with uh, Kyler Murray, uh, also we saw it with Deshaun Watson, although there's a lot around that. Lamar Jackson very soon is going to get a similar deal. Like, this is good to see. Well, it's great to see. I mean, the the fact that you even brought it up in this um, this piece, and I didn't even think about uh, Kyler Murray being an African American quarterback getting that amount of money, shows you how um, this game has changed in terms of putting the leadership of a of a National Football League club in the hands of African American uh, minds. Um, that that we, they always could do it was whether the opportunity that that would be granted to them. But we see um, many uh, top quarterbacks in the National Football League are African American players, and also teams. Uh, not making excuses for not being able to use that type of talent to be able to break down NFL defense and score the ball. So so there was a debate when Kyler Murray was coming out, when he was deciding which sport to play, of football or baseball. And a lot of people now are saying, see, I told you, football was the right way to go. But the money was only one part of it. Like, yes, I don't think anybody thought he was ever going to get this kind of a contract in the NFL, for sure. Absolutely, hands down, period. But a big part of the discussion was, uh, CTE from football, and how long can you make this kind of money? Baseball careers are much longer, and you're healthier coming out of them. That is still a part of this equation that's still left to be resolved. Uh, Callum Murray is now making baseball money, <laughs> so he's making top. I mean, so I, I don't think that that really sticks as much. I think he would have. He is just a, a phenomenal athlete, and he would have made a ton of money in baseball. Would have made a ton of money in football. He could have combined it together and done that, and still made a ton of money if he wanted to do that. He's just a gentleman who has happened to have an incredible amount of talent and skill sets to be played to play multiple sports, and he's been he's been able to chart his own path and make his own way at it. And now it's a payday for Colin Murray. Host of Suit Up News, Xavier Pope is with us. All right, I don't know when people in sports are supposed to stick to sports when they're not. Uh, I don't care. I think everyone. Uh, is entitled to their opinion. Say what you want. You face the repercussions. You face, you know, the potential uh, popularity of what you say. Jim Harbaugh is an anti-choice guy. Um, you know, he, he came out um, a couple days ago talking about uh, women, and I know this guy Joy Taylor all pissed off. He said, uh, uh, to me, the right choice is to have the courage to let the unborn be born. And Joy Taylor, of course, uh, from Colin Cowherd's show, and she hosts also on Fox Sports Radio, uh, said courage, huh? So women who have abortions are cowards. Interesting area that he stepped into here. I mean, if he believes in this strongly, then go ahead and do it. But again, I, there are going to be some women who have their uh, feathers very ruffled over this. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell women what to do. <laughs> it's that simple. And you think that you're going to say, woman, I'm going to judge your character for your particular types of action." And expect them not to say anything. That itself would be another form of sexism. <laughs> so, um, women have the right to criticize Jim Harbaugh for telling them what to do with their bodies. Um, you can feel however you want to feel about this particular issue. Uh, no one's telling uh, Jim Harbaugh to feel a certain way. But I think to speak to the character of women, uh, I think it was short-sighted. We also saw him earlier um, giving Colin Kaepernick chance to throw the ball around and getting some more attention to him potentially get him back on the football field so we've seen conflicting messages um to him in terms of getting behind people and, and causes uh and it shows those to show you that not everyone has straight along along the line in terms of how they view political views in this country 
So we don't know, you know, since Roe has been knocked down, we don't know what's going to happen in a lot of states that have these trigger laws in place. There's going to be a lot of court fights for a while here. Should a league like the WNBA take this into consideration when expanding? And the expansion list includes places like Nashville, Philly, Oakland, San Fran, Toronto, Houston, Charlotte, Raleigh, and Portland. And there are some places there where, hey, you could have a WNBA team land and suddenly women's rights could be curtailed you know, shortly after they're there. Should the NBA, or check that, the WNBA, really, the NBA, should that be under consideration when they're expanding? You should have brought that to the NBA because I also was thinking about expanding potentially be a, a franchise that comes back to Seattle or, or Las Vegas itself. So I think that's applicable to men's basketball and women's basketball. And I don't think it matters whether it's women um, that are playing the sport or men playing the sport. This is still um, the rights of individuals um, that are that people are seeing that are under attack in this country. And I talked about this uh, earlier, um, like last year, talking about on Suit Up about, you know, terms of the different laws that are being passed, voter suppression laws, and how uh, we had the, uh, the, the All-Star game that was changed and it moved over to Colorado um, because of what happened in that particular state as well. Uh, I think that we have to be able to see, and are people going to put their, their money where their mouth is in terms of their politics? Are people going to just say, let people do their thing? Are they going to let um, you know their voices be heard? And I think it's very important that if the... That it's not just a woman thing standing up for women. This is men also should stand up for women. And it's not just about WNBA, NBA as well. Xavier Pobos with us. You're a part of NABJ. The convention's coming up here in Las Vegas. That's uh, um, August 3rd to the 7th. So I want you to talk about the convention and why it's important and why you're part of NABJ. Yeah, the NABA, NABJ is the National Association of Black Journalists. It's the largest organization that, uh, that you, many people you hear behind the scenes in front of the scenes are part of the organization and also making sure that issues that cover uh, African Americans in the news and the press are, are reported accurately and covered with um, with veracity to be able to show the richness of our communities. And so I'm the um, the vice president of finance for the sports task force that covers sports and uh, us getting together and it, it helps people get jobs, help people get opportunities, mentorship for those uh, that are in college or young professionals. Um, this is about building the next generation of people that are telling important stories in this country or telling the, st- the stories that you know, and whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's lifestyle, you name it. That's what it's all about. We'll be in Vegas. I'm very happy to be a part of it. And guess what? I don't know if you knew this yet, but myself and the CDC, we're partnering to move to the beat. And I will be also leading a hip-hop with a DJ yoga class on Friday morning. It's going to be lit. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I know there's a, a ton of panels, a ton of workshops. Man, at yes. one of the panels, I would love to hear a discussion amongst uh, NABJ and NAHJA about Live Golf and money and i wonder what would happen if there was a possibility if media members start getting plucked by live the saudi backed mm. golf league and you know all of a sudden you're like hey i'm going to you know 10 times your salary what do you do that's a great question steve i had not thought about that and i think the prospect is absolutely there uh and i think that the opportunity is there to be able to cover the league and then use American professionals and then, and hey, if, 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 and maybe manipulate some of the, the, the fissures and how diversity is, is in, um, in media and coverage of sports to be able to exploit that and use to its advantage for those who be able to, that want to make a living, that want to be able to cover sports that, but don't have the same opportunities to do that here in America and other markets. Um, 
it, it's real. And I think a discussion should definitely be had about that. And I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm, I'm going to definitely start having that conversation with some other other uh, members of the press that I know because that's a great freaking question, bro. Well, it's really happening because David Faraday, a longtime golf announcer, is going to live. Now Liv is potentially trying to steal Charles Barkley. Um, I read today Barkley has a three or $30 million contract. I, I can't imagine he, on, he only makes 10 a year from TNT, but there is a chance here Barkley could be stolen. Um, there was a discussion the other day on the Dan Patrick Show that he would be done with TNT and the NBA. What do you think of that? Liv coming in. Not only are they stealing the golfers, but Barkley and the TNT show could be ruined by the Saudis. I mean, that is a huge splash in sports, and we saw Charles Barkley once say when he was an athlete he's not a role model. Right. You see him come out on multiple sides of various issues. You don't know what he's going to think or feel about something. You don't. He just had a few days ago of a video go viral of him saying, um, "F you if you uh, don't support LGBTQ plus rights." There's no telling what Charles Barkley would do. Um, it would break up a long town institution, um, the best sports show that ever existed. Uh, inside the NBA, and it would be a huge deal. And I think it would maybe lead the way to other people potentially get involved with live golf, or maybe something expanded that they live golf does something else outside of golf and incorporate lifestyle branding and all the other different things that come associated with sports. Uh, that would be huge news. How how do we balance this? Because I I am all for the players getting as much money as they can. Like I mm-hmm. I don't want to stop players from getting anything or broadcast or anyone take. Take the money. You need to set up your family for generations. But Live is actually not a golf tour. And I, I think we, we do need to talk about that. I think we're that. seeing what it is. It's not on. Like You can't yeah. find it. You right. can't watch it. It's not a golf oh, but, tour. But isn't, isn't the it's end game, pe- if, if they have Faraday and they have Barkley, I they're probably going to get a TV deal. They'll just pay them to pay him to sit on the, pay him to not be part of American things. And, by the way, stop Charles Barkley from saying things like he just said. Uh, you don't be talking about gay rights anymore, bro. We're paying you not to. Uh, it's a it's a PR wing. They don't sell merchandise. They're not on TV. It's very weird. So I mean, I I don't want anybody to stop. I want them to keep getting the money. Keep getting all the money you want. But at what point are we going to kind of deal with the fact that they're not really paying people to play golf? They're going to be paying them to say what they want them to, want them to say at some point. Yeah, it, it's a it's a, just a strange situation altogether. Uh, and it, the money is 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 a temptation. That, that has come to many yeah. a man and woman across the course of human history. Um, but I think it, it, I talked about this on the show a couple of months ago when about Liv, and I said that, okay, we have a government. We just had our president just over the last week fist bumping, you know, NBS. Um, yeah. And so if our country has, even if the relationships are strained to some degree, but we still have trade agreements and relationships with them, and it's a complicated um, circumstance, you know, we consider the global finance, and economies, but if we're still doing that with this country, why would individuals in that country, would they have to be able to step away from making money when our, our own government is doing that? And we are all benefiting in some sort of way from that relationship with that country, uh, whether we are actively seeking dollars or whether we're just put, uh, putting our gas in the pump. So I think it's important to understand these issues are much more complicated than they are on their face. Xavier, we are up against it. We'll talk to you next week. That was a great spot. I love you guys. There he is. Love you too, buddy. Xavier Pope. At Xavier Pope on Twitter. Suit Up News. He's going to be out here for NEBJ. I want to continue this discussion. The Barkley thing is fascinating. The Saudis are infusing money into American sports and wreaking havoc. What else could they ruin? 
What else could they force change in?